welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Welcome. We consider you our, our e-family or our extended family, our internet family. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Excited about what's going to happen today. We are in a crazy season. This is wild. Um, I don't think any church on the planet thought this was going to happen the way that it's happened. I know that media is uh, a very amazing tool, and I know that a lot of churches right now are leveraging this opportunity to come at their communities live. Uh, and I believe like we're in like a media, a global media revival of sorts right now. It's crazy what's happening. Like churches all around the world and all different time zones are hitting the airwaves, the media airwaves strong. And I just believe that through this season, God's going to do amazing things in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the disorder, in the midst of the disruption. You know, I just want to say... Um, uh, Cheers, since we are in this moment right now, and if you have coffee, I cheer you. If you have uh, tea, then I don't cheer you because I'm a coffee drinker, but hey, we can pretend, and uh, whatever the case may be, join us, hang out with us, have fun. I'm just going to take a sip. Okay, our media team is like, we can hear everything, but it's okay. Um, I, you know, we have been in a series, uh, we started it three weeks ago now, called What to Expect When Expecting. And uh, we're talking about, you know, we kind of related it to what people go through, what women go through in childbearing, what women go through in the process of, of you know, nourishing a, a life on the inside and what, it, what, what we go through as believers in, in relation to that with confusion and challenges and difficulties and different things that take place uh, when, when we're believing to birth something in our life. Everybody on the planet has something to birth. Everybody on the planet has something to develop, has a purpose to, to release into the earth, to, to accomplish while they're here. And there are challenges along the way in the process. And if you're with us for the first week, we talked about the process of being prepared. It was a powerful interview. Uh, it's not been posted online for, for various reasons because it was a, more of a private interview. So if you're a part of the house, I know that it was super impactful. Last week was our first week uh, live online with you since the whole pandemic of COVID-19 uh, slash coronavirus. And so uh, we talked about fighting fear with fear. If you haven't heard that episode or heard that message yet, I'd encourage you, check it out on our YouTube channel. Check it out on one of our, our podcasts. I know it will bless you. Such a powerful word for this time in this season. A lot of us think we got to fight fear with faith. And although fear, the fear of God is a direct result of, or faith is a result of the fear of God, which we talk about, we fight fear with fear. And I want to encourage you to listen to that. It's going to change the way that you think about faith. It's going to change the way you think about this time and how we are to position ourselves to be strong uh, during this, this time and during this season as we all are 
are involved in. I feel like this whole world is like at this giant party. And, uh, you know, except the party is that we're all in our houses and we're all doing the same thing. And, and it's not necessarily a fun party, but it's a party nonetheless, and we're all part of it. And so let's just believe that good things are going to come out of this season. I want to read a scripture to you. It's a long scripture, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it up a little bit. Instead of John chapter 20, John chapter 20, verse 1. Let's go there. If you have like uh, your Bible or if you, uh, you can also track with us, you'll see the scriptures, uh, you know, in the lower part of the, the screen come up periodically here. But John chapter 20, verse 1 says this. Now, just to give you a little bit of context, Jesus has already died. Okay. He's already dead. He's in the tomb. This is near the third day now. He's been in the tomb and Mary, Mary Magda, Mary, one of the uh, close friends of Jesus, not uh, the mother of Jesus, but Mary Magdalene comes in John chapter 20, verse 1, to find the body of Jesus. It says in, in verse 1, very early Sunday morning, very early, so it was still night, in a time of darkness, in a time of like chaos, in a time of I can't see clearly yet. It was before sunrise. It's kind of like what we're all uh, globally feeling at this in this very season. It's darkness. It's it's we can't see clearly. We don't we don't exactly know how it's going to end or how it's going to go. We're just we're isolated. It's dark. It feels dark for so many people right now. Before sunrise, Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb. And when she arrived, she discovered that the stone that sealed the entrance to the tomb was moved away. So she went running as fast as she could to go tell Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, which was John. She told them, they've taken the Lord's body from the tomb and we don't know where he is. So she's, she's kind of freaking out. She's like, I don't know where Jesus is. Even though Jesus had prepped us for this, he had prophesied about it. We know the scriptures, the, the old and ancient scriptures of the past that had prophesied about it through the various prophets. We've heard the stories. We've heard what's going to happen. There's, you know, it's one thing to know something's coming and then to live through that something that we knew was coming. To live through something is totally different than to anticipate it. And so Mary now, she's just confused. Like a lot of us were confused. We, we knew that this type of thing could happen. We've seen some videos. Some of you have seen some of the videos online of people that have predicted this type of thing. And, and um, you know, pretty crazy. Whether it's, whether it's, you know, someone that would call themselves a prophet or, or someone, you know, in the church that discerned it. Or, or it was even, you know, uh, uh, someone that doesn't even necessarily believe in God that predicted it. You know, we've seen some of those videos. But it's a whole other thing to actually live in it, to live through it. It's like we can talk about what to expect when expecting a baby. You can read the book about it. But when you're living it and you're actually growing life on the inside of you, there's a whole new set of challenges that often are hard to, 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 to move through and to come by. And so this is Mary's experience. So she went, she tells the disciples, Peter, or not the disciples, Peter and John, uh, the other disciple, she told them they've taken the Lord's body from the tomb, but we don't know where he is. Verse three, then Peter and the other disciple jumped up and ran to the tomb to go see for themselves. Now, I'm just going to paraphrase some of this because it's a long uh, 30 verses, but Peter and John, they run to the tomb. And uh, they both go, go in at separate times and they see the, the, the linen cloth. They see the, you know, where his head would have been. They see the scenario. They see one of the cloths wrapped up nicely and folded. And they, they don't fully understand, but they're getting understanding now. And they're realizing, oh my gosh, Jesus 
has prepared us for this. I mean, he talked about he had to die so he could resurrect. I mean, he had to go through, he, he discipled us through this process. Now it's happening. And at first we don't understand. At first we don't recognize it, but then they started to, the wheels started to be big, big turn. They start, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what he had prepared us for. Now let's just fast forward because Peter and John go back to their homes now. They're a little bit confused still. They're, they're, they're kind of understanding a little bit they hadn't understood in the beginning, but now they understand. They're probably sharing it with the other disciples. Well, we know that they did. And then in verse 11, it says, Mary arrived back at the tomb, broken and sobbing. She, she stooped to peer inside, and through her tears, she saw two angels in dazzling white robes sitting where Jesus' body had been laid. So she's, she's in grief right now, you guys. She's, she's struggling. She's probably feeling anxiety, fear. This, this man who I esteemed and loved as my Lord, as my King, as Jesus, the Messiah, even though he had talked about he would die and then resurrect, like she still has this compassion. Someone has taken his body. She, she's assuming some, some people, the soldiers, have removed or moved his body, and she wants to know. She wants justice. What, what is happening right now? She has all these assumptions of what should be. And she's just missing it altogether. But she's in tears and grief in verse 12. And she sees two angels in dazzling white robes sitting where Jesus' body had been laid. One at the head and one at the feet. Verse 13, the angel said this, Dear woman, why are you crying? They asked. Mary answered, They have taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've laid him. Interesting that you know, in this moment, she probably, even though she sees two angels, her grief is blinding her to the supernatural reality around her. And it's kind of that's kind of a lot of us right now in this, this moment. Our grief, our fear, our anxiety tends to blind us to the God answers and God solutions around us. Do you not think for a second that, you know, Mary being prepped the way that she was, discipled the way that she was, uh, you know, in her tears and seeing these angels now, the body's missing. Do you not think if she was super aware, she'd be like, wait a minute, okay, this is it. This is what Jesus talked about was going to happen. I'm seeing these two supernatural beings, you know, in the tomb, you know. It, 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 she, you'd think that the lines would begin to, uh, you know, line up in her mind or the everything would begin to, you know, come into order in her mind and she'd begin to put the pieces together, but she didn't. Because this is what happens when fear, anxiety, grief sets in, it blinds us from what God is trying to get our attention in. It blinds us from a God awareness. And so she sees these angels. They ask her why is she, she crying? Why is she overwhelmed? Mary answers, they've taken away my, the Lord's body and I don't know where they've laid him, verse 14. Then she turned to leave, and this is important. She turned to leave and there was Jesus standing in front of her, but she didn't realize it was him. Let me just say this, that the, the crucified Jesus clearly looks very different than the resurrected Jesus. And that's true of us. You know, we were one way when we didn't know Jesus, we didn't have a relationship with him. But when we come into relationship with him, to everybody else around us that knew us, we should look different. We don't, we don't look the same that we did. That's why she couldn't, I mean, obviously still her grief was blinding her. You'd think that even though, you know, just three days earlier, this guy who she loved and she, she respected so much, who she had spent so much, so much time with, you think she'd recognize him. But this is, again, you guys, this is what fear does to us. It blinds us. It removes our ability to be, uh, to be aware of what God is doing. So she's, she's standing in front of Jesus, 
and, uh, and, and she didn't realize it was him. Verse 15, he says to her, dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? I mean, Jesus knew that, of course, she was looking for him. Mary answered, thinking he was only the gardener. Sir, if you have taken his body somewhere, tell me and I will go. Tell me and I will go. Verse 16, very important moment. This is what I want to hone in on today. She says, Mary, try, we're almost done. She says, Mary, Jesus interrupted her. Turning to face him, she said, Rabboni, which is in Aramaic means my teacher. He says one thing to her. He interrupts her. He interrupts her and calls her by name. The moment in her mind the gardener calls her by name, all of a sudden she has an awareness that this is, this is him. This is the guy I've been looking for. This is the resurrected Jesus that I, that I for some, somehow I didn't recognize a moment earlier. In that moment, in that interruption, everything came alive in her. In that interruption, there was a realization, there was a revelation, there was a restoration. In that interruption, everything that she needed and was looking for and was desiring happened. This is what happens, you guys. God, in moments like these, interrupts us so that he can restore parts of our lives that otherwise would not be restored. It says here, she said, Rabboni, my teacher, Jesus cautioned her in verse 17, Mary, don't hold on to me now, for I haven't yet ascended to God my Father. And he's not only my Father and God, but now he's your Father and your God. Now go to my brothers and tell them what I've told you, and I'm ascending, that I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Verse 18, last verse. Then Mary Magdalene left to inform the disciples of her encounter with Jesus. I have seen the Lord, she's told them, and she gave them this message. I want to pray for you. We're talking today about divine interruption, divine interruption. God, I just pray that in this moment, everybody watching, God, this would be a, a divine moment for them that, you know, we're interrupting their morning right now by coming at them live. And I just pray that you would invade their bedrooms, you'd invade their, uh, their living rooms, that you'd invade their kitchens, wherever they're watching right now, and that your presence would be so strong in this season. That God, that this in this moment, fear would begin to lift. Anxiety would begin to lift. Things that are troubling them would begin to lift. The fear of not having enough. The fear of the unknown. That you give them perspective, God. That you give them a God awareness. That in this divine season of interruption, it feels so inconvenient. But I pray that the greatest blessings would come out of this season. Not to diminish the pain and the struggle, but God, to champion that, that, that in this season they are called to be victorious, to go above and beyond their situation, that you are bigger than their problem. You're a big, big God, and you're good. You're good, and your goodness, your nature, has not changed in the, in the realm of these circumstances or in the context of these circumstances. So I just pray right now, God, that you would you just begin to stir up the hearts of everybody watching, and you'd open them up, God, to receive what you want to speak to them this morning. I pray for a moment today where it would be like a, 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 God, a God moment, like a wow moment that you would just speak to everybody, God. And even after this live, that as it goes out and it's shared uh, across all social media platforms, that you would touch so many people with this word in Jesus' name. Amen. We're talking about divine interruption. And, and, you know, our sub, our sort of our subtitle is Inconvenient Blessing. Why? Because blessing comes through inconvenient ways 
all throughout our life. Things that often feel like an inconvenience. Interruption is an inconvenience. Being interrupted in the rhythm of our life and the way things are going. Interrupted when we have a goal and all of a sudden it's like the goal changes because the trajectory changes or the path changes and we're interrupted and it feels inconvenient. We feel inconvenienced by what's happening right now. I just believe God. the God word for you is that even in the midst of inconvenience, there is a blessing that God wants to pull and give to you and bestow upon you in this season. Like I said, there's a blessing that comes with inconvenience. You see it all throughout Scripture. I mean, Old Testament especially and into the New, when there was famines, when there was plagues, when there was things that happened that were uh, felt like darkness, is in those moments some of the greatest leaders were born. I mean, Jesus, the greatest leader of all time, was born in a very inconvenient environment. I mean, he was laid in a manger after he was born in a stable, you know, where the shepherds on the hilltop would have cradled and swaddled their, you know, their firstborn lambs. You know, Jesus as a firstborn, the Lamb of God was swaddled in the very same place that lambs were swaddled in a, in a, wooden, in a wooden manger in a stable. I mean, that's inconvenient. It's messy. It's dirty. I mean, most Moses was born in the midst of a, a time of slavery where, where, and he was raised up as a deliverer, born into you know, uh, I, I, the Hebrew culture. And then three months into his journey, I mean, basically, in a sense, captured by uh, uh, an Egyptian family, raised up in slavery while his people were being enslaved. And, and he was born in inconvenient circumstances. I mean, his mom had to hide him for months. I mean, and all throughout scripture, when plagues would happen, prosperity would happen. And I know that for, for those that maybe are in another season of life, it may feel like the, the walls are caving in. It may feel like everything's falling apart, and it may very well be. But uh, the thing that I feel like God wants to speak to us today is that even if it feels like everything's falling apart, there's something good that God's going to bring out of it. And it's all about how our, where our focus is. If our focus is towards all the bad, I mean, you've been hearing the news. I could, I could talk to you, and, and I could regurgitate all the things you've been hearing all week. You've been watching the news about all the things, the stats and the facts and the things that are happening. And, and we can't deny the facts. Faith is not the denial of facts. It's just not governed by them. And it just does not lean into them. And so we don't, we don't ignore the facts. We take the facts and we say, okay, God, like, what do you want to do? How, what can I do? How can I position myself in faith in this season to pull on everything that you want me to come out of this with, even though the facts are screaming, it's impossible. The facts are saying you're going to lose everything. The facts are saying you're going to lose everything that you've been believing for up until now. It's all going to crumble. All your goals, all your hopes, all your dreams are not going to happen. When you're hearing all those things, things, those realities around you. In this season, God's going to birth something fresh in you, a fresh faith. I really believe that. And I believe that God's going to encourage you today through the message. Romans 8 verse 28 says, we are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything. This is out of the voice translation, everything to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. I love that. We are confident that God is able to orchestrate, to move around all the things that are going on right now, to work towards something good 
and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. I just believe God's inviting you into his process in this season. God's inviting you into his plan in this season. Your plan isn't always his plan. Your plan doesn't always work, but his plan does. And he's giving you an invitation today in this season. He's inviting you into a process to say, trust me, I've got you. The revelation of God the provider does not change because the world changes. This is the challenge right now that a lot of believers have. We, we realize in seasons like this that our revelation of who God is largely depends on our outward external circumstances going the way that we want them to go. As long as they are all going the way that we want them to go, oh, I can believe God, I can trust God. But let me just tell you this, faith is born in darkness. You only need light when it's dark. You walk into a dark room to see, you turn on the light. Well, faith is the light that helps us to see in the darkness. And so when darkness hits us and struggle hits us and we're going through all this type of thing, this is where faith turns on. This is where we need, and we're tested really like, do I have the revelation that God really is my provider? Or have I let for the last decade of my life to be determined, and I thought I had a revelation. I thought I had trust in God. I thought I knew that God was Jehovah Jireh, one of his names, God the provider, or El Shaddai, one of his names, God, the God of more than enough. I thought I knew that. This is a season where you're really gonna learn that, where you're really gonna experience that. And everybody, in, in a lot of ways, are in the same boat. I know there are some people that aren't, and some people that are in a more extreme you know, scenario than others, and I, wanna, I don't wanna diminish, I don't wanna not be empathetic. At the same time, I wanna encourage. Right now, we don't need more discouragement. Right now, we don't need uh, uh, just more news and more updates. We need an injection of perspective in this season. You know, I, I, I have to, you know, and I just want to honor, I just, in this time, I want to honor too, like the, the medical community. I want to honor the, those that are, you know, in, in government, making the decisions, the leaders of our nation, the leaders around the world that are having to make hard decisions under a lot of pressure right now. Our medical community that's not stopped, they're not isolating, they're, you know, they're, they're doing their thing to help those that uh, need help in this time. And, and so many others, the food industry, the, the, those that are working in the grocery stores and pharmacies. Like, I just want to honor all those people out there and thank you. Thank you for, for standing. Thank you for, 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 for your perseverance. And, and I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. And we're championing, we're believing for you, for strength. And we're believing that God is going to do amazing things through you as he positions you in those, in those environments. But, you know, I have to say this too, that, you know, I, since this whole pandemic has, has happened, um, you know, I feel I find myself praying less about this virus dissipating, this virus, uh, you know, leaving. Obviously, we know it's going to and we believe it's going to and we are, we are praying for that. But I find myself praying more about God. What help us, the people, even those that don't know you, to see you and what you're doing in this process? Because here's the thing. Things are going to happen. And yes, prayer is powerful. And yes, we need to pray. And yes, we don't diminish the power of prayer. In fact, we're doing a, this week, we're doing a national, uh, with leaders all around Canada, a national prayer initiative where we're gonna, like, just like, you know, Donald Trump, you know, he, 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 you know, talked about Sunday, I think it was a few weeks ago, making it a national day of prayer where there are some leaders around Canada 
that are rallying together to, to have a national day of prayer where we can hit this thing and, and every province is going to be represented. I'd, I'd encourage you, join us. It's happening this week. Follow this space. Get the updates. Join us in your house. Pray with us. Believe with us. But I think in this se- seasons like this, sometimes what's more important in our prayer life is to say, God, rather than spending 12 hours a day praying for the eradication, the eradication of this virus, God, what can we get out of this? What can the people that are struggling get out of this? What can our economy and our culture get out of this? I mean, I've been on many national leadership calls for hours this week, uh, throughout the week with many national leaders. And one of the, the words that's, that's, that keeps on coming over and over again is that we're in a season of reset where God is resetting and that even though we don't believe it's God that initiated this, we don't believe, here's the thing you guys, God is in charge, he's not in control. A lot of people say this, God's in control. No, if God was in control, life would be a lot different. God is in charge, we are in control. Just like we are not in control of our kids, we can't tell their emotions to just stop crying and they'll stop crying. If we were in control, we could do that. We're in charge of our kids, but we can't always control their actions. We can't always control the things that happen. If God was in control the way we think about control, then it wouldn't be like, we wouldn't have much free will. You follow what I'm saying? And so we often use this, well, God's in control and it's kind of a flippant thing we say. And and, no, he's not in control in this situation. He's in charge. And even in this situation, and God's given us stewardship and control and wisdom to know how to navigate these seasons, we need to trust in Him that He knows also what He's doing and what He wants to bring out of this situation, like I read in Romans 8. He wants to turn something bad into something really good, but God is doing a reset. And I just want to remind us too, like, man, I was thinking about this uh, this week, especially, you know, if you, if you go to our kingdom culture Uh, audio podcast, you'll see a a message posted on March 11th. It was spoken on March 8th, but uh, posted on March 11th. And it was a message called, and I want to make sure I get it right, Going Deeper, a prophetic directive for the season. And if you were in that or if you've heard it, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. It was a prophetic word that God gave me the end of December. I was coming to 2020 and I was asking God, God, what what, what do you want to say? And God gave me these three rhyming uh, phrases that I believe we're going to, I believe we're going to shape the next season, whether it was uh, the year or a few months or, you know, a few years to shape the next season moving into 2020. And uh, the first one was that this year you would be losing fear, that we would be losing fear. This year is the year of losing fear. It's interesting because, you know, uh, now this is what we're, this is what the world is struggling with right now, fear. Like, and I think that this is where I think this is where God is speaking. God is pulling good out of something bad right now. And this is an opportunity, okay? Once again, we're not leaning into it. We're not celebrating this, the, the trauma. We're not celebrating what's happening. I don't want you to hear that. But we are saying that, okay, it's happening. We're believing it's going to end. What can we do in the middle of it to, to grow? How can we grow? How can we become more than conquerors in this season? Well, it's a year where God's going to deal with your fear. God's going to deal. There's all kinds of fears coming up right now. You realize, oh my gosh, I didn't fully trust God like I thought I did. I didn't fully trust God in my kid's life that I thought I did, like I thought I did. I didn't fully trust God in my business and in my career. I didn't fully trust God like I thought I did. And now all of a sudden fear is hitting us on all sides. Well, this is a year where God is going to break much of the fear off of your life. And I, I, we asked our community in the beginning when I shared this, like think about one of the fears that has plagued you for a long time. Think about it. 
What is it? Write it down and believe and wrestle it out this year that I'm going to conquer this fear. Well, guess what? Now is your opportunity. You don't get to do it now. You have to do it. You have to conquer this fear. And the second thing that God spoke to me was that this would be in 20. This is how he said it to me. He said in 20, meaning 2020, in 20, there is plenty. And that God wanted to move us from just a survival mentality, from just surviving to a place of learning how to thrive and learning how to accept that God is not just a provider for our basic need, God is also El Shaddai. One of his names is El Shaddai, meaning God is the God of more than enough. He has more than enough supply. And this was something that I encouraged our, our, our body, our community to wrestle with, believe, to pray. You can't just sit there on your couch and do nothing about it, you guys. There's something about innovation and creation that's going to come out of this season that I believe will move you in. I mean, some people are being forced in their businesses right now to go online, to create a digital platform that they knew they always should, but maybe didn't have the time, didn't have the space, didn't have the grace for it. But now there's no choice. I mean, this is churches around the world. And it's like if, if there was ever a season to, to come into a new uh, a new momentum of provision. It's now for many people. Now, I know some people can't do that with what you guys do, with what you do. And I don't know what it's going to be for you. I don't know how it's going to be for you, but I would encourage you, find ways in this season to leverage what's happening in a healthy way, in a strong way. And I know God's going to do amazing things. In 20, there's plenty. And the third thing that God spoke to me was that, uh, uh, that you would find your reason for this season. And I just feel like that it's so, it's so clear to me. Like everything that God spoke to me, it's like it's happening right now. What do I mean by that? Well, if we don't know our reason in the season, we walk blind in the season that we're in. To not know why the season's happening or to not know what God wants to do in the season is to be blind in the season and to leave this or never actually leave the season effectively and properly and actually move into the next season without fully getting a hold of what God wants to give us. God wants to move you into the next season by giving you the reason and getting you to get a hold of what he's speaking to you now in this season. And so this is what my prayer is for you. I, I know God is speaking. I know this is God. I know God is going to do amazing things in and through this season. Stop and just smell the roses for a little bit because there's still roses in the midst of the chaos. There's still roses in the midst of despair. There's still good things, you know, and God's, I mean, maybe for you, it's going to be family. It's going to be, you know, uh, new streams of income. Maybe it's going to be new ideas. Some of the best inventions and innovations happened in the darkest of times. And, you know, I was praying about this and I was thinking about the scripture and God gave me this little, this little phrase. He said, divine interruption becomes the denial of unhealthy assumption. Divine interruption becomes the denial of unhealthy assumption. What do I mean by that? When there is a divine interruption, when our life is interrupted, and then we see, begin to see what God wants to do in that interruption, and even though it feels inconvenient, like I've said in the beginning, there's a blessing that comes in the inconvenience through the interruption. When there is an interruption in our life, it's like all of a sudden, all the assumptions that we had are denied in our life. We realize that all the assumptions that we had, Mary had some assumptions. People took his body. The soldiers must have taken his body. She had an unhealthy assumption. And when Jesus showed up and interrupted that assumption by calling her Mary, she had a realization, oh my gosh, all my assumptions about how this was going to go down, all my assumptions about what was happening 
have been literally denied. I feel like so many of us have gone through our day, go about our day, do our job, do our career. We have all these assumptions about how things are going to go. We have our five-year plan. We have our 10-year plan. We have our 20-year plan. And now something like this happens. Stocks have dropped. We've lost our retirement, whatever the case may be. And it's like all the assumptions that we had seem to be crashing and burning right now. Let me just tell you this. There's something good that's going to come out of that. No matter how hard it is for you to see it, my job and my responsibility is to help us see as the people of God, as to help us see spiritually that there is a divine element happening around us right now. And how can we pull on that? There's treasure hidden in darkness. Isaiah says there's treasure hidden in darkness. Treasure is found. You don't hide treasure in the light. Otherwise, everybody would get it. Treasure is hidden in dark places where no one's looking. But to get there, you got to look. You got to search. You got to seek it out. You got to get on your knees. You got to pray. You got to open up your heart. Say, God, like, I know you haven't changed. My circumstances have changed. The world is changing, has changed, but you haven't. You remain the same. He's the, he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And this is the revelation that God wants to give us in this season that although everything around us has changed, He has not. I want to give you three quick, uh, three quick blessings that come out of inconvenience. I want to give, be practical for some of you out there that want to take some practical notes. I've kind of purposely done things a little bit differently the last few weeks with just the season that we're in and uh, being in that we're in a living room, you know, having a conversation. And, uh, but I know for some of you, I know I want to give you some takeaways today. That was my introduction, by the way. So thank you for tracking with me. I want to give you some takeaways today. I want to give you three blessings that come. By the way, I think we can go a little bit longer because we're not in the Cineplex right now. We're not in our normal you know, building. Hey, we don't have timelines. Uh, uh, we started a little bit later. We don't have the worship today, which we truly missed. But just to respect you know, everything that's going on, we wanted to uh, just to lean into you know, uh, healthy guidelines in the season and protocol. But, um, you know, we, we are going we, we to minister at the end, so you don't want to leave. Don't, don't leave prematurely. Don't log in, log out. Keep it on because there may be a word just for you. But the blessings of inconvenience when there's a, di- when, when there's a divine interruption, number one, write this down, is the blessing of realization. The blessing of realization. You know, coming out of 2018 into 2019, really at the beginning of just not even, not that long ago, a year ago, uh, my wife and I took an extended break coming into, uh, from Christmas into uh, really the end of, or middle of February. And it was a much needed break. And it, w- it wasn't a sabbatical per se, um, because that has a lot of negative connotation. It wasn't like my wife and I were going through hell or big marital issues or, or you know, immoral issues. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was just, we needed an extended break. We had been through a crazy season and uh, it was in that time where, you know, I didn't have any crazy, like, revelation. I didn't have, like, any crazy visitation or encounter from God. I, you know, uh, I had all these ideas and assumptions <laughs> and expectations of what I wanted to get out of it. I honestly didn't get any of that out of it. But what I did was I had a realization after I was in it, after of how much I really needed it. I didn't see it till literally mid to the end of the year, to the fall, but I had a realization after I had this break, and I know my wife probably feels the same, that we came out of this break and we realized, man, like maybe we didn't get it a hold of what God was doing while we're in it, and maybe we were frustrated. It almost at times felt like kind of weird, you know, not doing what we normally do and kind of taking a break from everything, but 
coming back and thinking about it now, I, I really had a, I had, I had a realization, there was a blessing of realization of a, how much it was actually needed. And I wouldn't have had that if we didn't take it. And so when God interrupts you, interrupts the, the flow of your life, interrupts the schedule, interrupts the rhythm of your life, lead into it because I think there's something good that always will come out of it if you choose to lean in. I know that it's happened when in Mark chapter 1, verse 16 to 19, uh, it actually says in verse 17, when Jesus called out to uh, uh, his disciples, well, it was James and John, uh, the sons of Zebedee. Um, but it says here in verse 17, Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. This is where Jesus called some of his disciples. He interrupted their every day. He interrupted the rhythm of their fishing habits. He interrupted. It was a divine interruption. Little did they know that, that this would end in, you know, uh, a life of uh, a giving of all of their life to follow him, to build the church as we know it today. I mean, uh, many of them, almost all of them, oh, actually all of them in the end really died as martyrs and uh, gave their life for the cause, gave their life for the mission. Little did they know probably how it would all end, but they leaned into the divine interruption when Jesus called them while they were doing their thing. Here's the thing. God will interrupt you while you're doing your thing, going about your everyday. Maybe driving in the car one day and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're interrupted in the car and you feel the presence of God and you're going to the grocery store and you feel like all of a sudden you, you, you think of a person you haven't seen for 10 years and you feel interrupted and you start praying for them and then you go to the grocery store and you literally see that person that you haven't seen for 10 years and you meet them and you're like, man, I was just thinking about you like literally 10 minutes ago. I was praying for you and now I'm seeing you. I haven't seen you for 10 years. What a coincidence. No, it's a godsidence. It's not a coincidence. God interrupted you and he wants you to lean into the interruption. The disciples had to lean into the interruption to get the blessing from it. It may, felt, it may have felt inconvenient leaving their livelihood, leaving what they knew as fishing. But Jesus was like, listen, you've been fishing for men. That's great. I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. It's a whole different game. And I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to take all that you've gained in, in your trade and in what you've been training for, and I'm going to turn that into something even better. Blessing is going to come out of inconvenience because, listen, it's inconvenient to follow Jesus, to leave everything behind and to go after him, to go after relationship with him, to get his perspective when it's hard and you don't want to and, and you're mad at Jesus or you're mad at God and you feel bitter because you don't get what's happening. It's, it's a challenge. It's inconvenient to lean into what he's saying because he might say to do things, to go places that you don't want to go and do things you don't want to do. But there's the blessing of realization. We see it in John 20 in our main scripture. We see it. I'm teaching a little bit here, okay? So just track with me. When in verse, uh, in verse 13, verse 13 of John 20, Jesus says, dear woman, or no, the angels say, dear woman, why are you crying? Mary, they asked. Mary answered, they have taken away my Lord and I don't know where they have laid him. Remember, she had no realization yet of what was happening. Verse 14, then she turned around to leave and there was Jesus standing in front of her. But she didn't realize that it was him. He said to her, dear woman, why? Are, go back actually for, for a second, verse 14. She didn't realize that it was him. She had no realization yet. But it was in the moment when he interrupted her and said, Mary, a few verses later, that she had the realization that, wow, like this interruption may be inconvenient. I'm in my rhythm. I'm in my flow. You know, anxiety, fear, grief stands in my way. You know, nothing's going to stop me from getting answers. And all of a sudden with one interruption, she has a realization that this actually is 
him. So we have the blessing of realization. Number two, write this down. We have the blessing of revelation. Revelation. The blessing of revelation. This is something that's spiritual, something supernatural that you cannot um, uh, uh, make happen. It's, a, it's like where the, the, the blinders come off the windows of your soul, which are your eyes. There's the blinders get lifted. And all of a sudden you begin to see clearly. You begin to see clear like you've never seen before. The blessing of revelation. In John 20, verse 16, the moment he said, Mary, Jesus says, Jesus interrupted her. She turned her, her face to him and said, Rabboni, my teacher, my teacher. In that interruption, she had a revelation of the resurrected Jesus. She was looking for the crucified Jesus. There was a look to the crucified Jesus. And she'd only known the Jesus before and the Jesus who was crucified. She had never met yet the resurrected Jesus. She'd never met this side of God. There are, there's a side of God, guys, listen to this. There's a side of God that you've never met yet. There's a part of God you've never encountered yet. There's a revelation uh, where the blinders come off your eyes and you see God in a different way. This is the season. You're gonna see him in a different way. You're gonna see him not as the, the, God, the, the, the God you always saw him as. Maybe he was the God that just you know, uh, um, answered your prayers you know, once in a while, or maybe he's the God that cares about your business, but not about your family, or cares about your family, but you don't know how to, you don't know how to include them in your business, or you don't, know how to, you don't know how to include them in your finances, or he's the God where you have a conversation with him privately, but you don't pray as a family together. Whatever the case may be, there's sides of the nature of God that you've yet to encounter. Mary hadn't encountered yet the resurrection, resurrected Jesus. So she had no familiarity with it. She had no revelation yet. But in this moment of interruption, divine interruption, saying the words Mary, all of a sudden she has a revelation. Man, you are the resurrected king. You are the boss. Like this is, this is crazy. I see clearly now. The rain has gone. The anxiety is lifted. In this moment, I see clear. Incredible, incredible revelation. Incredible moment. The most powerful interruptions or the divine ones. And, um, you know, I was thinking of a story years ago when I was ministering in England. And, uh, and I, was, I was doing like three weeks of, of ministry out there. And I was at this house one night. And I think we were having dinner. And the electricity um, went out. <clears throat> there was a big storm. The power went out. And some stuff was happening. And um, the electrician was called where I was, where I was having dinner that night. The electrician was called, and they. He comes to the door, and he he's thinking he's gonna, you know, he's coming, he's getting paid to do his job, he's going about his day, he's doing his thing, he's he's in his rhythm. But what God had in mind was that God was gonna do something powerful in his life, and his daughter's life. Now, obviously, we didn't, I didn't, nobody knew that he had a daughter. Um, we didn't know who this guy was, and um, powerful, powerful experience. And uh, I, I remember. Uh, he comes to the door, and I knew he was coming, obviously, to fix the electricity issue in the house. But I started feeling God was speaking to me. And I started to feel like God wanted to interrupt him. And that God was going to give him a revelation and of, of, of who he is and his goodness. And God had something for him. And God began to speak to me about his daughter and, uh, and about his life and, and about what was going on. And so, you know, I think it was actually at the end of the experience, after he had fixed the thing that he came to fix, he was at the door 
And I just began to share with him about the love of God. I said, listen to him. I said, listen, man, like, I don't know what you believe, but I just believe God speaks today. He knows everything about your life. He loves you so much, man. And he just wants to show you that he's legit, show you that he's real. And I began to share these words that I had for him. And I began to share some things about his life that God, I felt God had spoken to me. I began to talk about his daughter, about his, where his daughter was at in life. And the guy begins to get teary-eyed. The guy has an encounter on the spot with Jesus for the first time in his life. And after that, a week later, he brings his daughter to a meeting that we were doing and she gives her life to Jesus. Powerful, powerful experience. He comes to do... Uh, it comes to fix a problem at this person's house, but God interrupts him to give him a revelation of his goodness. Not only does he have an encounter with Jesus for the first time, but his daughter as well a week later. Powerful moments happen in divine interruptions. It may be inconvenient, but blessings, you guys, blessings come in these seasons like no other. It's incredible. It's incredible. Number three, we have, so we have the blessing of realization, the blessing of revelation, and the blessing of restoration. This is our last point. The blessing of restoration. The blessing of restoration. Um, I think, and I've said this earlier multiple times, but often what stops us from seeing the God solution is our grief. It's our anxiety. I wrote a few things down. Grief, anger, fear, anxiety, weariness, hopelessness, busyness, and even sometimes vision. Vision, having vision, having a target in life because we can get so target focused that we miss the interruptions that God is trying to get our attention on along the way. And as a result of missing those interruptions, we actually miss the reward. And we get so uh, uh, effort driven, like human effort driven. So it's like we're, we're, we're so about like our own, our own thing and our own agenda that we miss God's agenda. Luke 2, Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. I'm about my father's, in some translations, my father's agenda. Like we have an agenda and that's great. Have an agenda, have a plan, but be open to interruption. Be open to when God's plan messes with your plan. Here's the thing, you guys. This is a reality right now, okay? Like I said, God is not the one making this thing happen, okay? That's bad theology, okay? But it's happening. So there is a plan now within this season that God wants to get us, uh, to get our attention on, and it's not the plan that we had. Some of us were planning to hit our quarterly goals at this point in business or about to get our promotion in our workplace or about to get a new job or just got a new job or whatever the case may be. We had a plan. This is happening. We can't change the circumstances right now, but what we can change is the internal affairs of our heart, the response of our heart, how we lean in, how we walk, how we step in this season, how we think in this season. That's what we can do. That's what we can change. And that's when we begin to do those things, we begin to lean in and get a hold of what he wants to do, his plan. It says in John 20, verse 18, then Mary Magdalene left to inform. So let me just say this. Mary has this, this you know, realization that, that oh, oh my gosh, like I get it now. I get what's happening. This revelation of Jesus as the resurrected king, like this re revelation of the resurrected Jesus. And now, like in the midst of her anger, her fear, her anxiety, all of her agenda in that moment to, to figure out what was going on logically. All of a sudden, with that interruption, she's completely restored. Now, let me just say, I'm going to read the verse to you in verse 18. Mary Magdalene left to inform the disciples of her encounter with Jesus. I have seen the Lord, she told them. 
in that phrase is restoration. I have seen the Lord. There's something about this, you guys. When you see and you see, you truly see what God is doing. You see the Lord in the situation. You see the Lord in the midst of the fear, the anxiety. And this is not something that you can produce, but this is what we're praying for. This is what we're believing for. This is what we're encouraging you to lean into. God, I don't, I don't see clearly, but I'm going to lean into just relying on the reality that you have a plan in the midst of this situation. When she said, I have seen the Lord and begin to share that, really it was, a, it was a, an, an example of the complete restoration of her soul, body, soul, and spirit. When you see, when you see the blessing of restoration became the doorway to transformation in her life. This changed the game. Now I get it. All the ducks have lined up in a row. All the dominoes are there. Everything makes that sense. Now, the last three years of my journey, since the time that I met Jesus and began a relationship with Jesus, all makes sense now in this moment when you see the Lord in the situation, in the interruption. You guys, I can see God in it. I don't know about you. My prayer is that you begin to see God in it. I can see God in the interruption. I can see him in the interruption. It's beautiful what he is going to do through it. I, 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 I remember like it was, it was last, um, it wasn't last year. It was in, in 2002. I had an, or 2003, I had an encounter that changed everything for me. And it was an interruption it was a divine interruption where I saw God in a real way for the first time. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe that Jesus was who he said he was or who people said he was. I believed that there was a higher power. There was a God, but I wasn't quite sure about this Jesus. I wasn't quite sure about what I had been told or what I had seen. I wasn't quite sure. I needed to know for myself. And I had three major divine interruptions over a six-month period of time that changed my life. And, and if I didn't, in the first two, I, I really, it's kind of scared me when God, God showed up and he showed up in different ways. You know, people would reach out to me, different things would happen. But I had three major game-changing interruptions that got my attention where I began to see that God had my number. God had a purpose and a plan for me. God was knocking on the door of my heart. And it was honestly in the darkest time of my life. It was in the darkest, most uh, intense uh, cave sort of season of my life. And, and it was in that time God reached out to me the third time. I was in my car driving on the highway and, G, and like literally God showed up in my car and I had, what I, I had what literally I call a visitation from God. It was better than any drug that I'd ever done. It was like, it was like tangible peace filled my car. Every hair on my body stood up and I heard a voice speak to me. I didn't know God spoke at this point. I heard a voice speak to me, make a choice. Those simple, that simple phrase, make a choice. And it was like, I knew that I knew that I knew. I had the realization. I had a revelation. This was Jesus speaking to me. And in that moment, there was a complete restoration uh, back to who I was always created to be. You guys, listen, the only thing that you are predestined for, according to Ephesians, is to pre, to, to, you're predestined to be adopted into the family of God. That's the only thing you're predestined for. You have the choice, though, to lean into that. It's God's plan for you. God doesn't want you to be disconnected from Him. God doesn't want you to reject Him. You've been predestined to know Him. But you have the choice to lean into it. You have the choice to accept the invitation. It's like you've been predestined to come to the wedding, but you don't have to show up. 
It's the beautiful thing about free will. Love does not force, it just gives you the invitation. And there are many people watching right now from maybe around the world or who will watch this in the future and you're struggling in this time to know what's up, what's down. You don't know what you believe. You don't know what's, you know, what's going on right now in the world or in life. You don't know how to navigate life very well. You're struggling. You're, you feel like you're blind to, to what's, what's, what, what your purpose is. You, you, just, you feel like you're, like you're just struggling with life in general. Maybe there's an addiction. Maybe there's insecurity stopping you and robbing you. Maybe you just don't know what you're called to do in life. Whatever the case may be, God has a plan for you. And right now, wherever you are, he wants, to, he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to give you a realization, a revelation, and he wants to restore you back to his original plan that you would know him in relationship. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, that everything will change in your life that you will be saved from yourself, from your own self-destruction. You'll be saved from that disconnect. You'll walk into a relationship with him. Jesus did not come to give, you, give a religion to us. He did not come to establish a religion. He came to establish a relationship. He wants friendship with you. And he's there with you right now. Whether you realize it or not, he's with you. Just like he was there with Mary in the moment, but she thought he was the gardener. He's with you right now. But maybe it's, he's unfamiliar to you. Maybe you don't know. You, don't, you can't see him clearly. My prayer for you right now is that you would begin to see him. You'd see him in the little signs. You'd begin to see him in the little ways, the little, the medium, the big ways that he's trying to get your attention right now. Maybe today is an interruption to you. Maybe you're watching this. You don't know how you're watching it. Somehow you got onto it. Uh, maybe you were invited to someone's house to watch this this morning and you, you don't even know who I am. It doesn't matter. God's interrupting your life right now. And it may feel inconvenient, but there's a blessing he wants to give you. And it's the blessing of knowing him in relationship. I want to give you an opportunity right now before we pray. We're going to pray for healing. We're going to pray and minister to you in a second. But before we do that, the most important thing we can do right now is to give you an opportunity, wherever you're watching right now, to just let him in right now in this season. If there was ever a time to let him into your life and to say yes, it'd be right now. If there was ever a time, it'd be right now. And so I want you, if you, if you can, just wherever you're watching, just close your eyes. And if, you, if you're one of those people watching that you would say, listen, I want to, I want to come into a relationship with Jesus. I want to say yes. It's really simple. If you would just say this with me out loud, boldly, doesn't matter who cares about what people think around you right now, about your family, what they think about right now, who cares what they think. It's about you and him, about you and God. If you don't know and don't have that assurance that you are in relationship with God, it's a simple prayer just to put the, the key in the ignition, just to get the car started. The, the journey begins after this, but it's just a simple opening up your heart as you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Say this with me. Say, Jesus. I believe that you are God. I want you in my life. I receive your forgiveness. I'm saying yes to you today. I'm inviting you in. I want you to interrupt my life in a powerful way in this season. Change me. Transform me. Today, I want to start a relationship with you. I just say out loud that you are God, that you are Lord that today everything changes in Jesus' name.